Hello and welcome back to Well That's Interesting. I'm Jill Chacha. This is episode 008 and I'm with... Uh, you know what? What? I just, realized, <laughs> I just realized this is episode 8 and you have 8 laurels. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Ah, um, <laughs> that's amazing. I like that. Comp- it was also my lucky number when I was a, a kid. Uh, oh, oh. Yeah. Do you remember why? No. <laughs> But I graduated in 08, and okay. I had a really good eighth birthday party. This doesn't matter to anyone listening. <laughs> Strippers. Strippers, yeah. There you go. It had to be. Yeah. Strippers. Um, tons of <laughs> cocaine. Just kidding. Um, we went horseback riding. It was really cute. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> it was really nice. That yeah. is, well, we've, we've you know, end this podcast. Now we know exactly <laughs> the root of your uh, childhood and uh, also the number eight for you, which is also the infinity number, I guess, if you Ooh. turn it around. I don't know. I'm trying to be fancy. Hold everything. Now we're just talking about number eight. This episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, this episode, uh, this is a beautiful segue because it's about, it's, it's open to interpretation. No one really mm. knows the cause of the fires in Caneto di Caronia, Sicily. Oh, it's, this is a really obscure case. Um, I 110% believe anyone listening to this has no idea what I'm talking about, but there were unexplained to this day fires. Could be aliens, could be arson, could be energy fields. We don't know, but maybe we do. <laughs> well, we're going to go through it. We're going to go through it. Um, and uh, we're going to figure out what the fuck set this town ablaze. Please do. Um, I'm thrilled. I didn't know as much about this episode. I usually come in cold, but I did lean over Jill's shoulder and read the title to this episode, uh, which is episode eight, aliens, question mark, arson, question mark, energy fields, question mark, what caused the fires in Canelo di Coronia, Sicily, question mark. Lots of question marks. So many question marks. Uh, we do have some non-question mark adjacent things. <laughs> Just wanted to. Did we get any answers? <laughs> Just wanted to shout out uh, the folks who are reviewing the podcast. Oh yeah. Hit us up on Apple. You can find us anywhere, but if you review us, other beautiful people can find us and enjoy the beautiful things that we're doing together. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Trash Palace. Ryan and Preston for the awesome reviews. Uh, pod about a pod. Those two guys. Obsessed. They just had their one year anniversary. Their pod is fantastic. Check them out. They gave us a shout out on episode 38. So thanks to them. And again, congrats to them. Big congrats. Um, also, last but not fucking least, we're looking at you, pod expert 69. Hell yes. <laughs> Thank you for leaving a review. I uh, don't know who you are, but you're a gem. You really um, are. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I appreciate everyone you just mentioned, <laughs> specifically Pod Expert sixty nine. So professional, but also like fun, you know. <laughs> right. You are an expert, but also fun. Also fun. Down to definitely party. not wearing pants in his Zoom calls for sure. Their yeah. Zoom calls, but a but like a blazer on top. So a blazer, <laughs> no pants. You are the mullet of. Nope, that's not a compliment. <laughs> Take that one back. <laughs> Uh, we are official. We are official podcast now. Thanks yeah. to Pod Expert sixty nine. Yeah, thank you. Oh God, yeah, we're gonna talk about these random fires. Why it's obscure as fuck, but I thought you know America itself is 
just ablaze in so many literal and figurative oh yeah uh, oh, forms. God. So uh, my sources today are. When the devil enters, a town plagued by mysterious fires turns to science, the church, and the law in search of answers. That's the title of this article at atavis.com by Ariel Ramchandani. Thankfully, that will be the last time I'll be reading that <laughs> Ariel's name. And, of course, wiki, wiki, wiki page, Canedo di Coronia. Uh, thank you for all of your wiki wisdom. Thanks, Wiki. <clears throat> so... Let's begin. Now, Caneto de Coronia is an outpost of Coronia Pop proper. Now, this Coronia proper is a small town of about 3,400 people. It's halfway between Palermo and Messina. Uh, now, Coronia, the Caneto is what we're going to abbreviate it as, so sure. we can tell the difference between the two. But Caneto. It's tiny, it's gorgeous, it may be haunted, we'll get into it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> the people who live there are just as picturesque. Uh, they are bricklayers, construction workers, small business owners, and oh. candatini, or farmers. And I'm going to have... Candatini? Candatini. Candatini. I love it. I will be saying it my best uh, Italian-American Southern Brooklyn accent. Oh, that's so. right. Full disclosure. Uh, Jill Chacha is, in fact, of Sicily. That so. is, th- yes. Yes, yeah. I am of, of that little island where this takes place. Uh, it explains a lot about my personality. <laughs> <laughs> Are you just bursting into flames, Jill? I don't know. Um, also, she just ate pasta. So Yeah, just ate pasta. Very important to know. Brigatoni, <laughs> to be specific. <laughs> garlic okay where are we okay so Caneto is even tinier now when I mean tiny it's fucking tiny as fuck it's probably no more than a 200 people it, it's at when this took place it was like around 130 people tiny and it might be even tinier now because okay. of the horrible things that happened um yeah it never recovered Ugh. but uh on this particular street we're going to talk about where all the things took place. 39 people lived in about a dozen houses along a road called Via Mare oh. at the time of the event. And another 100 residents lived in the surrounding hillsides. Okay. Okay. I have the most beautiful image in my head. Mm-hmm. Postcard, gorgeous, Italian, Sicilian countryside. You're, Am I close? You're 110% close. Amazing. <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is very close. The Atavist article describes Caneto thusly. It's got terracotta roofs. Oh. There's chickens about. And there's oh. fucking citrus trees and other adorable Italian things that make you puke in contentment. Um, oh my God, get me an Airbnb <laughs> now! <laughs> After the pandemic, when I say, of course. Yeah. But paradise was to end. Unusual sporadic fires plagued the town from 2003 to 2015. And the very first flame was sparked in the home of Antonio Pizzino, who was also eating dinner right before Christmas. <laughs> it was probably also pasta. I mean, I, yeah, let's get real. Yeah. Who was also eating dinner before Christmas on December 23rd, 2003. His fuse box suddenly burst, quickly consuming the heavy curtains nearby and the entire wall itself, leaving nothing but exposed wire and char. 
Pizzino, a 43-year-old insurance salesman, was dumbfounded as to why the Bucks would short and nearly kill him. But he shrugged it off as a mechanical failure, as, you know, it shit happens time to time. Things, okay. things yeah, kill you. Yeah, a... It happens. Yeah. Things kill you. Okay? But a few days later, the kitchen fan caught fire. Mm. Specifically the kitchen fan. And then specifically the television. What? Then specifically a computer. Okay, I smell a demon. <laughs> <laughs> My a, a personal thing, I blame everything on demons. Always first. It's always it's always the demons fault. First thing you go to. Yeah. Uh, so random appliances around the house were just going up in flames. Pizzino mm. lived with his wife Maria, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and a son Giuseppe, of course, of course, who was fifteen at the time. Uh, together, Pizzino with his father, he built that home in the 80s. Oh, so, man. So, know, adorable. <laughs> adorable. But he's like, all right, maybe there's some faulty wiring to blame. Yeah. Uh, so at the end of January 2004, beginning of the 2004, <laughs> beginning of the 2004, he changed the wiring of his home, but the fires continued. Okay. Pizzino, who goes by Nino which we will henceforth call him Nino. Love it. Began to suspect problems with the town's electrical grid, which is run by ENEL, the National Electrical and Gas Provider. He reached out, but with all bureaucratic facilities, they didn't reply. Oh, man, come on. No. Come on. So being Sicilian, he remained calm and moved on to the next logical step. He called the fucking mayor. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Ask for the manager. <laughs> That's right. Straight to the manager. Let's get this taken care of. Straight to Pedro Spinato. Amazing. Yeah. Let's Wait, talk did, to Pedro. Did I say your name, Marissa Riley, in the beginning? Or did I just talk about your movie? Same thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about me, saying my name, same thing. Okay. Well, I fucked that up. Kind of. Oh, but, you know. Oops. All right. Marissa Riley's not the mayor of this town. Pedro Spinato is. Okay, we're going to quote from the, uh, from the long article. Uh, when Spinato arrived, he immediately, quote, understood something was weird, <laughs> he recalled. <laughs> <laughs> Two electricians had tested the frizzled electrical system, but they couldn't find the source of the flames. So this is important. They decided to cut power from the central plant to the houses. They all completely, of the houses? All of the houses. Oh, man. Until they knew what the problem was. But the fires kept coming. Even with the, even with the electricity off. Metal, plastic, and insulation all burned. Throughout the village, outlets burned red hot through the holes. Cords lit up like sparklers. An electrical motor melted random. Sure. Appliances rebelled against their owners. End quote of the article. <sighs> Spinato called the branch, the main branch of E-N-E-L in Palermo, to let them know something was up and it could possibly get worse. Oh, yeah. And Mamma Mia, it certainly did. Oh, damn. And we'll find out what the fuck happened after this break. Yeah, we will. And we're back. We're back. Oh, my God, we're back. So back. Those products will not set your house on fire. No, they will prevent it and uh, make it smell better, too. Make it smell better. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) But buy them. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, so we're talking about these random ass fires. Now, I just pulled up some photos. Marissa, whose film is pretty, who I also, I, I, I don't think I named, I, I'm so good at this podcasting thing. I didn't name you or your film. <laughs> I don't think so. It's totally fine. That's fine. That's what Google's for. That is what Google's for. They stalk you. I just, I just give enough crumbs for people to just Google you and then Very horrible. I, okay, let's, um, <laughs> let's, let's get my notes out of the way. Now, I just pulled up some photos of Kineto's fires. Now, what do they look like? Give a, give a very beautiful description. Okay, so what I see here is um, one of these images is just a fire of what looks like a whole house. Mm-hmm. And it does make me think of something from uh, the film Hereditary. That's what it looks like. Um, yeah. The rest of this definitely looks like the beginning of a horror movie. Um, can you tell I only watch horror movies? Um, no, but but specifically what I'm seeing is like charred parts of houses, charred outsides of houses. Uh, oh my God, the charred pipes and cords uh, that are, have flames on them. Yeah. So it's just like fires in, in these beautiful Italian houses, just in any part of the house that you can think of. Yeah, it's. I like how you. Here's brought, a car. That's <laughs> a car on completely on fire. One hundred percent. Like. Yeah, that's not good. You're not driving that anymore. We're gonna talk about the cars that comes later. Okay. Um, but I like that you brought up hereditary. Like, you know, I guess spoiler because, uh, you know, dad goes up in flames. It's very specific, right? Very. The rest specific. of the house was fine. Yeah. But for some reason, dad goes up in flames. Demons. Yeah. Sorry. Exactly. Uh, slap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We don't know, possibly. Maybe. But that's exactly what it looks like. Imagine a, your house is totally normal, but then there's you, the, the corner of your house breaks up, breaks out into flame, and it's just like specific charred spots. That's what it looks like. Yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, on February 9th, 2004, two houses. Oh, hold on. Gotta get my nose. On February 9th, 2004, Two houses on Via Maria burned nearly to the ground. In the first three months of 2004, residents reported 92 fires. What? That's about one fire a day. No, no. Now, Sicily is a tiny island, and the press caught smoky wind of this story. Nina was interviewed, of course, by the local paparazzi, saying poetically, it was like we're living in a microwave. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. This was not the only time Nino gets coverage, so put a pin in that. All okay, right? okay. Now, the fires kept sprouting and were getting weirder and weirder. A few doors down from Nino, a man had installed his own new electrical system just months before, and it also caught fire. Later, this poor, the same poor man, the mattresses in his home caught fire as what? people slept on them in their houses. No. Yeah. See, okay, no. Very specific. Just No. Now, of course, hearing this, people were getting desperate. Shit that wasn't even electrical was going up in flames, let alone things unplugged were burning. Okay, same day, February 9th, after those two houses burned down, the mayor's like, shit, let's just get the fuck out of here. Which I'm sure sounds way lovelier in Sicilian. I didn't look it up. (laughs) Spinato, he's an atheist, which is interesting. 
and very he's a, he's a logical dude but even he was shook yeah quoting from the article again quote when he came into office he was prepared for forest fires flooding even earthquakes but something like this you wouldn't imagine he told the press usually you know the how and the why but we didn't know these things so we didn't know how to face them end quote so he decides to evacuate the 39 residents and hook them up in the, in the nearby hotel, Zamaria, which is located on a hill directly above the village. This is super cute. One woman, Rosa Mirabelli, I'm oh, sorry, Rosa Mirabella, Nino's elderly aunt, uh, told Italian magazine L'Espresso, quote, I never stayed in a hotel before. And look at me now, here like a lady. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, my God. So, some good shoots coming, right? They're, they, That's they're... precious. I just love that all, all 39 of them. <laughs> so roll, weird. roll up to the hotel. Oh, like... man. That's such a... I bet they had a great time. <laughs> See? I bet you they did. You know who didn't have a good time? Who? Nino. Um, what? So, Nino, also back in the news pounded his chest and caused more of a scene. He didn't want to follow the safety precautions represent, recommended by professionals. That sounds familiar. Okay. Yeah. He, <laughs> he believed moving away from his home was a prison sentence, which is weird because Palermo, the capital of Sicily, is paying for everything. And the townsfolk are like, this is the shit. Nina, why are you so upset? What's yeah. happening? Yeah, right. they wash, they do your sheets. Yeah. They make your bed. They make the they probably give you a free espresso or something. Be like Rosa, you know? Be like Rosa. She's okay. drunk. <laughs> I don't she know that, it. but she for sure is. Oh, probably. Uh, so put a pin in that. Nino's upset being away from the town. Yeah. On February 11th, 2004, the public prosecutor announced an investigation into the fires. Hmm. Government scary types, engineers, scientists, and technicians monitored the homes in Canedo around the clock. The CICAP, the Committee for the Investigation of Claims of the Pseudosciences, showed up. Have you ever heard of them? I bet. So things are quiet up until about a month later. Okay. Hmm. March 16th, the fires returned and brought with them some seriously odd phenomena. Investigators reportedly witnessed malfunctions in compasses, electronic car locks, cell phones, and this group can't explain why, and feeling powerlessness and even paranoia sets in. The officials decide to head in a different direction, a more militarized one. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Here we go. So... March passes. We're in April now. Okay. The government formed an interdisciplinary research group from the nation's armed forces. They called on even more police, of course. Caneto slowly becomes occupied. Yeah. And the government calls in experts from utility companies around the nation to really dig in. Yeah. Along with the random combusting shit, now they see unexplained lights. And detect electromagnetic bleepity blops. What? <laughs> yeah, that was the best way I could explain it. Okay, I'm getting the alien vibe. Now. Yeah, the alien shit's coming in now. Yeah. Okay. Um, are these events linked? Are they separate phenomena? Are the fires causing the lights, or are 
or are the lights causing the electromagnetic problems? This little town, it, it, it's a damn mess. Yeah. Now, the only thing the experts know at this point is what's not the cause. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> Enter Enzo Boschi, the president of the National Institute of Geophysics and Volcanology. Ooh, volcanology. <laughs> what a fancy word. Oh, my God. I'm just going to twirl my mustache. Yeah. He states even though Sicily gets a shitload of earthquakes and seismic activity thanks to Mount Edna, the tallest active volcano in Europe, who's only 35 miles away oh, from Kineto. Good to know. Now, there's no indication that any of this is connected to volcanic activity. Okay. Etna is lovely, but she's just not that precise. No. Okay? Vol- Sorry. No. Volcanic eruptions and plate tectonics won't set your blender ablaze or make your couches explode. Uh, couches do explode. What? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The technicians from ENEL uh, and the railway and utility systems, all those technicians, also fail to find anything unusual with the equipment. There's nothing unusual in Sicily's airspace either, Hmm, supposedly. Hmm. But all signs now are starting to point to humans as the cause. What? What in the marinara is going on? What? We'll find out. After our sponsor, we're back. We're back. I yelled. I well, not really. Okay, so (laughs) so technicians can't find a damn thing, and it's pointing to humans as the cause, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. So the this tiny town is like, hold up. I know where this is going. The town is like, why would I set my own house on fire? Yeah. Why Why would we choose to live in fear? The townsfolk were adamant no person could be setting fires in such a vile, random abundance and for no reason other than to cause chaos, which means it's got to be a demon, yo. Knew it. Mm -hmm. Called it. Called it. It's always a demon. Always a demon. Always a demon. A D A A D. (laughs) Always a demon. A A D, y'all. Uh. Oh, wait, so, yeah, A-A, okay, sorry. Yes. <laughs> uh, spelling, where are we? Uh, enter Padre Gabriel Emort. Now, he is a Catholic priest in Rome, and get this, honorary president of the International Association of Exorcists, which is uh, a lot. That's yeah, a lot. That's a lot. Amort gave specific instructions and a warning for the inhabitants. One... You got to get your house blessed. Yes. Now. Mm -hmm. On it. And two, I'm going to quote from the article here. Amort stated fires happen, quote, Quando il damino entre nella vita di chi gli permette di entrare. That's beautiful. Possibly. Could be that. Um, Is is there a translation for that? uh, Basically, the devil enters the life of a person who allows him entrance. Got it. Mm-hmm. I see. It's our fault. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, he... Uh, oh, okay, get this. He also added that the cause could be black or white magic, quote, the preferred gateway to, ha- to Satan, <laughs> which sounds like the tagline of an airline. Oh, my God. <laughs> the preferred gateway to Satan. <laughs> the preferred gateway to Satan, American Airlines. <laughs> Sponsor us. Um... 
he topped off the sermon by saying in all caps, quote, this is a world that has abandoned God and that he's seen this all before. Yes, a telltale sign of Satan is his love and use of the power grid. Um, so Amort, basically saying that the people of Kineto welcomed Satan in, uh, really didn't fly too well with the town priest who refuted. Uh, I'd be pissed too. Yeah. Like, you know what? I got this under, what, what are you doing here? This is yeah. my domain. Yeah. It's mean. It's kind of rude. It's rude. It's kind of rude. Between the holy drama and the continuing mysterious fires slash lights slash magnetic clusterfuck, the press was having a field day. Yeah. Journalists swarmed, coming in from Norway, Argentina, Denmark, and France. And Nino, oh yes, Nino, he went on German tele- he went on a German television show dedicated to the paranormal and the abominable snowman. Okay. That's cute. That's pretty cute. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's about fucking time. Yeah. Let's top the crazy cake with a 30-page paper by Francisco Valenti, an engineer from Capo di Orlando. At the end of the investigations, he concluded Canetto uh, isn't haunted by Satan, but by random roaming electrical charges. You know, just electrically charged particles going on a walkabout along one road in all of Sicily. Hmm. Hmm. He says these particles come into contact with each other and an electromagnetic force is created, and the next thing you know, a TV explodes. So it's... Interesting. Yeah, needless to say, his okay. theory wasn't really adopted because even for the universe, that shit is just too chaotic, unstable, and mostly there's just no proof that there's random charged particles just bumping into each other and causing your, you know, your toilet to catch fire. It's, yeah, it's, I was, I was gonna say I wasn't fully following that one. Yeah, and I was like, maybe this is just a me not understanding thing, <laughs> and I realized uh, no one did. No. So the only thing consistent about the events is that there's no pattern, uh, making any particular incident that took place really impossible to study. Mm-hmm. Uh, also inexplicably, inexplicably, you heard me, inexplicably, <laughs> <laughs> everything suddenly goes quiet in May. Huh. Just stops. And the 39 residents of Kineto sadly leave their digs at Hotel Zamaria. They've been there the whole time? Yeah, they've been there. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my God. Yeah, they were there the whole time in the hotel with these crazy events happening and, like, scientists and engineers and military dudes just trying to figure out why all this shit is just popping and bursting and being nutty. Yeah. So they return home in June of 2004. Okay. So... I think it was like March, April, May. Full month of no fire. Yeah. So June goes by, nothing. Awesome. July, Mm -hmm. nothing. August, looks as though it's over, whatever it was. September passes until we get to October. Uh Uh-oh. Yes, the fires and whatnot seem to take a summer holiday, but they're back. And where do they start? You guessed it, at the Pizzino home. (gasps) In addition to fire, the latest head-scratching phenomenon is bursting pipes and metal tubing turning into Swiss cheese. Literal holes and punctures were seen under kitchen sinks causing homes to flood. What? Thus began another exodus 
from the town. Back to the hotel. Back to the hotel. Hotel life. The residents become refugees from October 2004 to June 2005. Oh my God. Yeah, this is a really long time. Between that time period, the people of Conecto are absolutely furious. Yeah. It was good in the beginning, and now they're like, we just want to go home. Yeah. You know? That's too long. Hotel life could be too long. Yeah, it needs to be a short one. They want to return home, but the authorities are like, look, it's not safe. You'll just end up in danger or having to leave once more, which is true. Um, but also, they have no solid answers as to why this yeah. is all happening. The geometric theory comes up again, stating that the holes, like the fires, were caused by a type of electrical currents burning through the pipes, just these random pops of energy that's, that's what's causing it. Um, in April 2005, a virtual, like, Marvel comic-worthy team forms, including chemists, physicists, geomagnetists, and professors. <laughs> the team had the cooperation of the Air Force, the Navy, the police, alongside the ENEL, fucking communications ministry, uh, the rail network, the fucking National Institute of Geophysics and Volcanology is back, twirling their mustache, going, what the hell, y'all? It's like everybody is in the pool. Everyone is making an appearance in this movie. Yes. Every star in Hollywood is getting paid a gazillion dollars to be in this movie. That's right. And all they could find was burnt grass. The fuck? <laughs> the fuck? Yeah. Do you want to take a... Explain this photo for me, for the, for the kids. I mean, it, so it looks like we've got some grass. So we've got some green grass, and then we've got some, like, burnt grass shrubbery, and it's charred black, and then there's, like, around it is is a lot of ground with no grass. What do you call that? Just the ground. So... <laughs> So there's like a rim of just the regular dirt ground. Inside that, there's the charred, black, shrubbery grass. Might take. Do you want me to take even longer to describe? <laughs> Am I taking enough time to? <laughs> I, I just love what I, I. I just love watching you just form this. I used my hands. I just, I, she used many body parts, but just like you said. It's very specific and contained. It is contained, and it's like a... I don't want to say a perfect circle, but it is, you know... It's just very strange that it's no, no other parts around it are burned except for this one little patch. Yeah. And it kind of looks like people in people's homes. There's this one specific spot. Yeah. That's like... Very focused. Very, very focused. So all I could find was this burnt grass. Uh, and yes, in the mountains outside town, uh, they find two patches of grass that looked like they had been consumed by fire. Though it's important to note here, uh, the pattern is very similar to the burn marks found in homes. And that's what they kind of concluded. So it looks to be evidence, perhaps, of a weapon. Or at least something not found in nature. Hmm. It's concluded, yes, that this was arson, but they can't make any arrests or even say that the arsonist is human. What? Oh. Suddenly, with the announcement of arson, the fires, the floods, it all comes to a halt once more. 
In fact, years go by with no incident. Nine years go by with no incident. Whatever or whoever it was could not hold back any longer. And boy, did they relapse big in July 2014. In one 18-hour period, there were 48 blazes. What? Yes. Six of them just so happened to have happened at Nino's mother's house. Okay. I know. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <sighs> so, at the end of August, an evacuation is ordered and just in time. On the night of September 24th and 25th, 50 fires were lit. Now, we're going to talk about this oh night God. again in a second. Yeah. 50 fucking fires. 50 fires. Now, Back in 2004, the police department had set up cameras to watch over the town during the, f- the very first evacuation way back in the day. Yeah. But we all know surveillance cameras, cameras in 2004 were surveillance cameras in 2004. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So now we're talking post 9-11, 2014 surveillance. And the cops had a sharper eye on Via Mare, the one road in and out of town, the one road facing all the homes. Four cam- this is how small this road is. There's four cameras. We're okay. running 24 hours a day for eight months. Oh, my God. What did they record? Good old Nino and his son, Giuseppe. <gasps> I know. They were doing it the whole time? Now, I'm going to quote from the Atavist magazine because it just sums up what was on the tapes so very well. Oh, my God. Quote, on September 24th, I, this is the journalist, watched Pizzino and Giuseppe amble around at one end of the street near a truck. The two men disappear for a minute behind the front of the vehicle, then walk away. A moment later, the men return to the truck and begin peering into the windows. Pizzino flings open the door and the truck is smoking. On September 30th, Giuseppe walks behind a shed across the the street from the Pizzino's home. His father stands on the other side of the street, chatting with a group of men. Soon the men discover that the shed is burning. A plastic bag filled with clothing has caught on fire. The same day, Giuseppe appears to set fire to his uncle's Fiat. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. His uncle's Fiat Bravo and his uncle's Alfa Romero. Oh, man. So those are the cars. Moving stealthily between the parked cars and a fire truck parked on the road. In one segment, he walks in circles, checking to see if anyone is behind him, with a quick turn of the head, ducking out of the frame the minute the car begins to burn. One of the Carabarini, the police, hopefully I said that right, said to me, the journalist, with a tone of appreciation that Giuseppe moved like an acrobat. End quote. (laughs) Yeah. I, I can't believe it. I really wanted it to be a demon. <laughs> I know. Well, hang on. Hang on to your, hang on to your demon-loving pants. Okay. Oh, my God. In all, 40 instances were recorded where it was Giuseppe who started the fires. Nicknamed Il Ragazzo, or The Boy, Giuseppe oh. really didn't do much of anything. Mm. He acted like a 25-year-old. He partied a shit ton, and the only job he had was the one his father gave him. Sounds about right. He sold insurance. Oh, no way! 
And he may have been motivated by sweet, sweet money. <sighs> In a phone-tapped conversation, Il Ragazzo noted how those who lost property in these tragic events got compensation not only from the government, but from insurance companies. He said, quote, I don't want a house, I want money. <gasps> End quote. On March 5th, 2015, Giuseppe was arrested and charged with arson, conspiracy to commit fraud, and sounding a false alarm for the fires in 2014 only. The events of 2004 and 2005 are still considered unsolved. Interesting. And that might be because perhaps the people of Caneto still have some doubts that the boy was to blame for all of it. A part of them believes it was inhuman. Even the new mayor, Cologrio Beringelli, doesn't believe a resident can do such a thing. And the journalist, I'm going to just quote the journalist at the, uh, at the end of this saying, I had never sat across from so many people who said they had seen something impossible or spoken to a scientist who postulated in all seriousness something so incredible. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> Giuseppe! So there you go. God damn it, Giuseppe. Giuseppe and, I don't know. It's not, it's and, not known. Or maybe it is. Or maybe it maybe is. Maybe it was 15-year-old Giuseppe just... Probably. <laughs> probably. It was probably Giuseppe. Let's be real. It was probably Giuseppe. Yeah. I believe it. But, yeah. And uh, that is the fires of Caneto di Coronia. Amazing. And to this day, people still fucking argue about it. They still argue about it. Could be. Could be a deep. Definitely. You know what? I, I was Giuseppe. That's, that's <laughs> My money's on just Giuseppe the whole time. Uh, what in uh. doubt. Giuseppe or a demon? Giuseppe or a demon. There you go. Follow us on Instagram. Well, that's interesting pod. Uh, email us. Well, that's interesting pod at please Gmail. Do. Tell us about your arson. Oh my gosh, please. Um, unless us, you did it. <laughs> tell us about your fire stories. Yeah. Or weird shit in your home. We want to hear it. It's we October. Do. God help us. Anything yeah. else you want to? plug marissa riley oh yeah so my film pretty uh this weekend actually um starting october 9th is going to be uh screened at oregon scream week in portland as well as in australia um but the one in australia is also going to be online on october 9th so that festival is called sf3 smartphone 3 and um if you want to learn more about it uh go to my instagram page uh, pretty short film. Yeah. Pretty. Uh, beautiful summary. And stay interesting, everybody. Please do.